whether you're a guy in a cape. I got a point. Or a rogue who is sneaky. Join Roger and Jason as we entertain the geeky. See, we did it. I, know, we can do I, that. I forgot to point. You didn't point. I didn't yeah, point. You told me I, you were going to point. I, I did you, tell you, you I was going to. But I assumed when you stopped that maybe you were implying <laughs> that you wanted me to go ahead. You kind of looked into my soul. <laughs> and I, I felt it. I felt a connection there. I didn't know what was going on. Oh, okay. I just wanted to live in that moment forever. Okay. That's, that's what is going on. Hi, Jason. Hi, Roger. It's been a minute. It has. We've been terrible and busy. Busy. Life. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, it does. You know, a lot of things have happened, though, since we, we quit doing this. Or took our sabbatical, or whatever you want to call so it. So many things have happened. Yeah, but so I, many conventions, and games, and yeah. comics, and video games. I, I don't know about comics. So, one of the things... <laughs> well, no, okay. I, That's the other show. I, I Well, no, I, I had this realization um, when, when I called you, and I was like, you know, I, we got to go back, we got to do this, was since since the store closed... Um, I've been out. Like yeah. I've been, I've been kind of out of it. It's no longer the. I mean, it was five minutes away from you. you less than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, I, I've gone to miniature market. I've done events at miniature market. I've, I've, I've still buy board games. But as a whole, I've like kind of stepped out of that, and it made me very sad. Yeah, I can't stop, man. It's my addiction. Well, no, because you went back. And, and well, I mean, but even before I went back, I was still engaged and right. keeping up with what was going on so it's like, my addiction it is and that's great and but for me it's like it's what i enjoy but it hasn't been the same so i'm trying to figure that out right okay. now sure and, yeah. and and that that was part of the the catalyst of all right we just got to start talking because so much shit is happening <laughs> that i actually enjoy like i'm gaming again right i game like Every other week now. We're doing Deadlands and it's great. We we are it's, we are in a game together. It's great. It's a, one of my favorite games. No, that, that, and the that, other games are games I'm running myself. So that says something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'm second place, but you're just running all of them. That's fine. I mean, I, I do run three other games. I, I and play in a fourth. Yeah, I play in one other game, but it's 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 a it's a nice it's nice. It's nice to just go back to playing and not worrying about everything else. I, I well, was... you're you're telling the story. That's a little different. Like for me, the reason your game is up there is because I don't have to prepare for your game. You think I prepare I just, for my game? I think you do prepare <laughs> for your game. I just show up with my character sheet and my dice and say, "Let's go." Oh, actually, you don't even show up. We just kind of migrate. Well, here. that's true. You guys just come to my home and we do it here. Um, but other games, you know, the games I'm running, I have to prepare for. Like I have to think about where the story's going and and understand what obstacles i'm going to put in the player's way on the on the road to that which okay so it's very interesting because one of the things that that always interests me is i've always run games like me too to, to me playing a game is a is a rarity yeah right <laughs> uh no one things. else wants to run a game well, it, it falls to the people who are willing to do it yeah like yeah i'll run a game so if you're willing to do it people never forget that you're willing to do it and they just keep asking you to do it we run this game for me we and you're like okay but i love doing that i'm I, not i'm not i'm not disparaging that i enjoy it quite a bit i love running games yeah i love telling stories i also enjoy playing no games. I, I definitely enjoy playing in games and do you think that being like the game master most of the time means that you end up being a stronger or a weaker player at the table? Oh, I think it, it makes me a stronger player because I'm I'm constantly looking at the storyteller's story and critiquing it in the way that I would as someone who is telling it. See, to me, I think it makes me a weaker player. 
I get. I mean, I'm looking for the holes in what's going on when when I'm just sitting at the table listening to a story. That's fair. You've pointed out a lot of holes. I, well, you, you're like this. Does, I'm like, no, that's how it makes sense. You're like, no, it does. I'm like, <laughs> you're right. GM fuckery. But to me, like, because what happens is I get stuck. I get I, when I run a story, I'm I'm doing everybody. Like, right. you know, I'm playing all the NPCs. I'm playing everybody else. When I'm trying to just play that character, you think it would be easier to stick with that character. But it's to me, it's actually more of a challenge because there are things like Fair. I would like, oh, I, I should do this, but my character wouldn't do this. But if I was running the game, the NPC would. Well, and- I think the worst trap you can put yourself in as a player is saying to yourself, what would my character do? It's not what your character, it's what you would do. The best way to role play is to just put your own mind in the brain of this made up character. Like, I mean, really, it is. It's not what would my character, it's what would I do? Even if that goes against your initial idea about your character's morality or your evolution, because it's constantly something that's changing. Because you don't you, you put your character on paper before you play the game, but you don't know where that character is going to go until you interact with the other characters in the world. Right. So it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. So when I when I'm, I'm running a game for mostly new players, I mean, there's only one person at the table that is not brand new to the game, and one of the things I I keep telling my players is don't think about what this person on the paper page would do think about what you would do what would you do if you were faced with this situation in real life what would you do well so for me like when i when i play a character i'm playing very i don't want to use the word simple but in my mind they are like faru he's a hero sure so he's gonna just do the heroic thing but that doesn't mean he can't have moral gray areas no, in his he, life he that come does. up as you play he definitely does. There's always depressed Faru when he realizes that being a hero is going to get him killed. And it's not even him getting killed. <laughs> it's also killed. kind of boring it's, to yeah, just be a hero. It, it's not him getting killed. It's the fact that, his, the, the, that, that the adventuring party is going to get killed. Like That's Absolutely. what that's what hurts Faru's feelings. But then there's other characters like Hollandos where I'm like, he's not. He's just worried about himself. So I, I tend to focus he so was, much. He was worried about himself, I think, when we met him. But I think as we went along, he started to feel more for others. No, the only reason that he didn't kill that NPC was I was afraid real friendships in real life might have ended after that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Anybody who's willing to end a friendship over a role-playing game is probably not a good friend to begin with. I mean, have you met some of our friends? Uh, I'm just saying. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you, like, you're, you're doing Pathfinder is your other game? I run two 5e D&D games okay. and a Pathfinder game. Your first edition, right? Yeah. You haven't run second edition? No, because at the time when we started that game, second edition hadn't actually come out yet officially. But you've read second edition. I've gone through it. Like, yeah. have, you read the, like have you actually read the second edition rulebook or have you just read the playtest? No, no, the core rulebook. Okay. I didn't read the playtest at all. I, I waited until the core book came out because I hate playtests. What's your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's it's very similar to 5th edition D&D in all, in all realities. I mean, they, there's a lot of things that they did with the second edition of Pathfinder that are more in line with what WotC already did uh, with 5th edition D&D. And WotC is, if you're unfamiliar, is Wizards of the Coast. They're the company that publishes Dungeons & Dragons. Um, you know, shrinking the skill list down quite a bit, adding a bonus on top of already skilled players, a proficiency bonus, if you will, um, removing perception from the skill list entirely and giving it to every player because every player should be able to do that. It's just your ability to notice stuff in the world. Yeah. Hear, see, smell. But you are trained. Like, training would make it where you can perceive things better. Sure. And you can upgrade that as you go along. But it should still be something that everyone has passively, innately. Like, it's just my ability to notice stuff, which I'm constantly trying to do. I notice that door is open, right? Right. 
I the one thing that actually intrigued me about second uh, second edition Pathfinder is the way initiative is handled because you don't just roll initiative. Mm-hmm. And to me, that like perception is your initiative, right? Well, that like uh, there was I I played it. I haven't read it, but I played it, and because um, I read the play test, but the idea that all right, your stealth check doesn't necessarily mean how sneaky you are. It's if shit goes down, that's your initiative order. Right. And to me, that made that, that just makes so much more sense. Well, yeah. Perception being used as initiative is a better way to do it because being able to notice things is innately part of the idea of a guy just drew a sword in front of me. I noticed that. How quickly can I draw my sword because of that noticing? Right? It shouldn't be a dexterity-based thing. It should be a perception-based thing. My ability to look at a situation and go, I need to draw my sword. Here's right. my role to determine how quickly I did that. Exactly. Right. Well, for me, like, so with the stealth example, it's like we're sneaking along. Me and you, we roll really high on our sneak, so we're sneaking along. And in D&D, the guy at the end of the table that rolled a two screws it up for the rest of, of us. Of course he does. And now you, we have to roll initiative. Oh, we rolled a two or three. Now we, had a, we have a TPK. Sure. Whereas with Pathfinder, it's... Because we were so good, when he messed up, we were ready to act. Right, and I like I, I like that. It made it made it makes made, more sense from it, a gameplay it, standpoint. It yeah. does. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Second Edition Pathfinder for the time that I've played it. Yeah. Now I've only played one session of it, so I, I kind of want to dig deeper into the rules. But sure. it, it's good. Yeah, I like the character just the character sheet layout too. I think it's very um, user friendly. The, yeah. And yeah. that's one of the things when I buy role-playing books, when I buy games, the first thing I do... Look at the character sheet. Right at that. Yep. Because yeah. if it doesn't make sense from looking at it, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. And if you don't... It's a very good judge of the game's mechanics. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't have a character sheet in your book, Palladium, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Palladium. Yeah. I'm calling I'm calling uh. you directly out. Even White Wolf put character sheets in their game, and they're all the same. Even the smaller publishers that print role-playing games put character sheets in there so yeah. you can get a feel for it like the, the apocalypse games yeah you have the, their character sheet in the back always in the back last page before the thick page well not to mention because back in the day before we could just print all the stuff on demand that we needed we had to like go to a kinko's and like copy the book page yeah, so we a, could have a sheet it was a pain in the ass it was it was a pain but, in the ass i remember doing that i remember going down to the grocery store and spending my 10 cents per copy to get me some character sheets you know what else character <laughs> sheets do for you when, you when you're trying to figure out how to play the game and make your character having a visual reference like a sheet is a hundred times a hell of a lot easier I than would, i would argue that even as a dm it's important to be looking at a character sheet because there's a lot of times when i'm running, especially 5th edition D&D, where all the skills are different than mm-hmm. what I'm used to, uh, oftentimes saying roll uh, and then pausing and going, let me see your sheet. Because I'm not sure what this role would be. I have to look at the skill list. Right. Because I don't remember what they all are offhand. You know right. what I mean? So I think even as a as a game master, having the core book or the player's handbook in front of you and being able to reference a character sheet quickly is important. Which is why when I'm running a game, and you'll, you, you've noticed this maybe by now, it's... It's hey, I need to hear shit or see or see shit roll. Exactly, and like like I don't know what the skill is, but in right. any game you play, it's either hear or see. Right, like whatever it is, that's that's the role I need you to make. You sure. you you do that and let me know what you get. Yeah, you know, um, but like Palladium, I, I'm just gonna go back to them because <laughs> I remember being a I remember being a kid and getting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness role playing game sure. and being so excited to play this game. Reading yeah. the book, going, I don't understand how characters are made. Let me get to the sheet, and I'll see what's going on. There was no, no sheet. sheet. No sheet. No. And the, the internet was around, but you know what the internet had? Fan-made sheets, and they made no sense exactly. either. Exactly. Yeah. Fan-made sheets are the worst. 
I mean, some fan-made sheets are nice. One of the fan-made sheets I, I see that some of my players are using in one of the 5e D&D games I'm running uh, puts the skills next to the ability that they're tied to. Well, that just makes sense. So it adds a little extra box to the part of the where your ability score is that has the skills listed there. So when you're saying make an athletics check, well, I know to look exactly at strength and find it, right? Well, I mean, aren't skills alphabetized on the 5th edition they are. Sheet. They are. Next. It was just a little nicer to see them next to the abilities they nicer. represent. It looks nice, Especially because some in 5th edition D&D, you don't have to be proficient in the skill to use it. So it's it's much nicer to say, well, this is a strength-based skill, and I can look at just the strength-based skills. Because I need one, but I might not have it as a proficient skill. Now, now is it alphabetized underneath? Yeah. Because oh, yeah, that, that would annoy me. Like, Deadlands kind of annoys me. Of course. Like, even though, even like charisma, which has or not charisma, wisdom, which has only like three skills that are tied to it, they're alphabetized. That's right. <laughs> Organization matters in nerd things. It does. It does. It's important. So uh, the deadlines group. I mean, you know Rev and Rev's brother Jason. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The deaf guy. Yeah. The deaf guy. Uh, we're gonna do a play through the editions of D and D. Starting with zero edition, we're uh, each. That's bad. Don't go back no, that far. We're that going was the dark times. We are going all the way back. We're gonna play a one shot. Have fun every with the dark times. Edition of D and D. Have fun with the dark times. That's all I'm saying. Why? I started in AD and D, and it was those were dark times, man. No, they're fine. No, they weren't. They are fine. They were fine because we didn't know better. Yeah, it's fine. And then third edition came out, and we were like, "Oh, this is what the game could be, and this is what it probably should be." And we've never looked back since. Go. No, no, we've looked back. No, Hackmaster, no, 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 no. Hackmaster came out and they're like, hey, okay. you all miss you miss old school D D? Leave out leave out even other games like Pathfinder, Hackmaster. Okay. Just look at D D. Yeah. D D never went back. Even for the fourth edition, which was pretty lackluster, you know, for most players. It still held to the ideals that it left behind in second edition. Thank you for saying to most players while you look at me as the guy that actually likes. Well, yeah, you like fourth edition. Well, okay. Here's what they changed from 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 AD and D to third edition. Hey, we count up instead of down. That is not all they changed. As someone who played AD and D and then played third edition, you know that's a lie. That is not the only thing that got changed. That's not the only thing that got changed. But that a lot the- of things got changed, and it was better for it. It was better for the change. It made the you know game. What? It made the game make more sense. To people that are not like us. You know what's going to happen? That's what it did I'm so I'm going to well. write a detailed review and give it to you on each edition. That's like fine. Like a book report. That's fine. You can you're, do that. Your reality gonna... is, the reality is, you know as well as I do, that it's better. So you don't want to play? No. <laughs> you don't want to come and play some When you mail? start third edition, I'm in. No. That's not how this works. The whole mm-hmm. point is for us to play every edition of d and I'm not there. doing OD&D and I'm not doing AD&D again. Those yeah, are no, dark times. We're, we're doing it all. Well, we're doing fun. basic... First edition, AD&D, Chainmail. I'm just saying, there was a reason those changes were made. And the big reason, like I said, is because it made it more accessible to people that are not like us. Also, it was a different time. Keep in mind that AD&D came out, what, uh, in 82? Yeah, something like that. the early 80s, yeah. Second edition AD&D came out in 90s. Yeah. 80, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, and third edition was the late 90, 90s. 99. Yeah. Like, I turn of the millennium. Like, time had changed. Like, but, but, what I mean, but what I mean by what I'm saying is... It's it's hard for someone who doesn't want to devote their time to this to look at an AD&D book and think this is something I want to do. Yeah, but it's a lot easier for someone who doesn't want to devote their time to this to look at a 5th edition book and say, you know what, this seems cool. But I think the difference is I'm not looking at, at going back and playing 0 uh, edition D&D to get new players involved. 
It's going back to the I roots. understand that, but you under, you have to understand, too, Watsi is a business. And as part of Which, that, they need to bring in people that might not otherwise be inclined to do this. But I'm not bitching about 5th edition. <laughs> I'm not. I like 5th edition. I think 5th edition is the best edition of D&D that we've had. I still, a, I still think 3rd edition you're is wrong, the but best that's okay. edition of D&D that we had. But 5th edition is great. Not denying it. Fifth edition. I just wish there was more 5th edition. I wish there was more. I wish there was more to the game. That was the point, though. You got to look at it from their perspective. The point, what, what, what was at least somewhat problematic when Fourth Edition came out is, in order to get access to all the core classes, I had to buy three separate players' handbooks. Right, but the game's been but out that's now. Stupid. The game has been out three years. That's a G. That's a greedy five. business thing. It's been five years. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. And we've got supplements. That's all you really need. No. Yes, I need more. It is. I need my DMG too. No, and you don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Because they told me I can make the game as complicated look, or as simple look, as I want. And you I can s- look over at my shelf and you can see that I am a man who bought every Pathfinder book. Right? That doesn't look like every Pathfinder it's, book. Some of them are at Caitlin's house. Oh, okay. But in all reality, I have most of the pa- I bought most of the Pathfinder hardcovers. Because right. I got a 40% discount on them and it was nice. But the reality is I only use maybe a fourth of those books right. in regular gaming. Right, in regular gaming, but it's nice to have. It's also nice to have those options. Watsy promised me. Do I like do I like the Pathfinder Unchained book? Absolutely. It's a cool I, book. I don't even know what that is. Have I ever found a reason to open it up during a game? No. Well then you're not trying hard enough. Oh, okay. I'm not you're trying. Not, you're not hard trying hard enough. enough. Look. It just means it's a cool idea, but it doesn't have a lot of actual in game application. Maybe not problem. to you. Maybe as a player it does. Well, my players have access to that library of books as well. So we play right here at this table. And they've never opened up that book, I can tell you that. Maybe you should be, hey, check out this book. I don't think I should. I think you should. I don't think I should. Were you but afraid? regardless, regardless. So you're not going to... So you'll get my book reports on, sure. on D&D through I'll the I'll read ages. your book reports. You should put them up on the website. Nope. I'm just Let gonna, everybody read them. I want you to read them. I want okay. you to grade well, them. Well, when you when I read them, uh, I'm just going to type them up and just going to put you, them on the you website. Better grade them as by Roger Wayne a review of original D and D. It's not a review; it's a book report. A book report of original D and D. Report of original D and D. I'll transcribe them into a document and, and and put them on the website. How about that? That seems like an invasion of my privacy, but whatever. I won't stop you from. from well, this doing is it. I, everything I, that but, we do is an invasion but, of your privacy. I, we are hearing your personal opinions about things. I, you are I, letting us into your brain while we do this. I am giving you. A tactile object as a gift. Do with it what you will. <laughs> okay, okay. Do with it what you will. I'm just saying, everything we do is an invasion of that privacy. We are, we are. When we sit down here and talk like we are, we are looking into each other's brains and pulling out the details that we want to talk about. So we're but, looking beyond the curtain of what Roger Wayne puts up as 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 his, uh, you know, facade defense. Are you, are you, are you trying to say my, like like I'm just a fake guy until I get the microphone in front of me and all my nerd stuff comes out? Not to me. Okay. And not to your friends, but to the to random John Q public, maybe. Mm. Maybe you put up that wall because you don't know if those people will try to knock it down or not. Yeah, I've hit that age though where I don't care. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm like, hey, you. You Look, like Yu-Gi-Oh? You can, Let's talk. You can continue not caring all you want, but the reality is we all wear masks. What is that from? Uh, Batman Forever. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But well we do. Well we, all have, we all have a, a, a version of ourselves that we show to... Uh, you know, non-acquaintance friends and a version that we show to our friends. Hey, I'm just John Travolta. <laughs> That's what that goes. I'm just fucking John Travolta. All right. One big thing, you know, talk about a little bit before we head out of here. 
Uh, cause it's where are we at? Oh, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Oh, damn. That yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Uh, see now you made me have to go in and cut this part out. No, leave that part in. Oh, okay. You just leave, leave it in. in. It's okay. it's organic that way. It's organic. Uh, <laughs> they do it on they do it on the radio all the time. Like we got a minute left. Cool. Let's keep talking. That's how. It goes. All right. All right. Uh, Picard. Yeah. Uh, it, it's out. Like, it's. I first... mean, it's not out. It's it's dropping once a week on Thursdays. Yeah. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. Thursday CBS All Access. They don't pay us. Um, no, they don't. They don't. I, in fact, CBS, I CBS give me some money. In fact, I pay them. CBS, give me some money. Well, hold on, real quick. Before <laughs> you get the card, did you uh, did you hear that? Like Viacom, now that Viacom CBS have merged again, they're considering canceling the Star Trek properties. Well, that would be a terrible idea. And like, kind of doing their own thing with it. I mean, that would be a terrible idea. People, uh, you know, so many people enjoy Star Trek and uh, have made CBS All Access probably a lot of money since Picard has dropped, I would Just imagine. Just Picard, not Just Discovery. Picard, yeah. I would imagine it's made a lot of money. Uh, no, I'm actually one of those people that do, that, that do pay for CBS All Access because even when it was Discovery, if you support Star Trek, that means they'll do more Star Trek. And eventually one of them will be good. Well, sure. The reality is, too, I mean, you can watch all the old Star Trek on CBS All Access. All the good Star Trek. I thought it was all in there. Is that all in there? No, the good, the good, all the good Star Trek. Which one's missing? No, uh, none of them are missing. It's all good except for you know the new Star Trek. No, it's not no. all good. What's not good? Enterprise. Enterprise is fun. Enterprise, Enterprise is good. Is, Enterprise is bad. No, it's Enterprise a, is not. It's a bad show. It was not a bad show. First of all, the big problem that I have with Enterprise, right. regardless of any type of what you want to say about what they did to the continuity of the show, what you retcons and all that, whatever. That's great. Okay, I don't like that stuff, but whatever. That's what it is. The first starship. Enterprise yes. was NCC-1701. That's in canon. Not anymore, it's not. Well, actually, hold on. Because Scott Bakula thought no. he could screw that all up, it I guess. It wasn't Scott Bakula. Actually, so, you're not wrong. The first Federation ship named Enterprise. No, no, no. I didn't say Federation ship. I said the first starship named Enterprise was NCC-1701. No, because we screwed that up when we launched the Space Shuttle Enterprise. No. The Space Shuttle is not a starship. I mean, it's in the stars. It's a ship. Okay. It's not, though. It's not a starship. But Enterprise is a good ship. It can't travel beyond the scope of our immediate vicinity Did here in the universe. He- oh, fuck. Did you hear about that uh, British guy? That doctor who created the nuclear propulsion system that cuts our time to travel to Mars in half? I mean, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. Okay. But Enterprise is good. It's not, though. It is. It is good. Yeah. The last two seasons... Agree to disagree. Of, the last two seasons good. of Enterprise are good. Now... With every Star Trek show... Scott Bagula was the worst captain ever. Oh my god, I want to punch you in the face because he's not. Scott Bagula was the worst captain ever. He's not. Janeway was. Nope, he's worse than Janeway. No, Janeway was the worst captain. She took the longest route to get home. The longest route. She could have cut through the through the uh, Delta Quadrant towards the Dominion space. Instead, she went the long way. Yeah, but at the time, that was not a, that was not a good move to go to Dominion space. The Dominion War hadn't started yet. It was still in the Cold War. When she it doesn't left, matter. The point is, you don't want to see a Federation ship flying through Dominion space. You don't want to see a Federation ship going through Romulan space either. Well. And they were coming up on the ass end of Romulan territory. The Romulans, but the, the Romulans, yeah, are they are they one of the villains? Sure. But they also had a shaky alliance with the Federation. Yeah. And here you go. I'm the Romulan Empire. One of your missing ships shows up on the ass end of my space. That ship stays missing. Well, all right. Instead of, hey, let's go to the Bajoran wormhole. And get home quicker. Doesn't matter. The point is, it was a good show. No, it was no, it, it was wasn't. a better it. show than Enterprise. It was not. It was. You take the, the first... only problem I had with with Voyager was that it went with the idea that the Borg had a singular intelligence, and a queen, 
And I don't like that. I that was, that was the a... rock episode and the salamander. Well, episode. but that started with first contact. First contact was the movie that showed us that the Borg have a queen, which is a the leader, issue of like, which goes against everything that we've ever learned about Borg. At it that is, point. which is why, which is why I always hate like collective. We're all part of this consciousness, which is why I hated the the TNG movies as a whole, and why I hear, hear me out, and why I I respect the TOS movies as a whole. One, I think the framework for the TNG movies was good. The problem is you're doing these the movies. The substance was a little iffy. Insurrection. Hold on. You're doing these movies. Yeah. You're doing these movies while you're still telling stories on TV of sure. the same universe. So what happens in the movies will have that ripple effect. With with the original, that show had been over. TNG was T, uh, TNG didn't start till number five came out. Sure. So you had time to actually tell these stories that you wanted to tell without having a ripple effect affecting other creative decisions. I mean, it did have some rippling effect on TNG uh, as gen- a series. Which one? Generations? No, the original Star Trek movies. A little bit. Like, there was like, oh, we have to talk about this. And sure. honestly, if it wasn't for TNG, maybe uh, Star Trek Six would not have been the undiscovered country. Because everyone at that point was like, how did the Klingons and the Federation become allies? What happened there? Sure. Well, let's tell the story. Yeah. Let's tell the story of the Cold War ending in, in space. But Picard, we got way off there. We did. Picard. Because it's Star Trek. It's good. No, Picard's great. It doesn't feel like Star Trek to it me. It doesn't. And that's... I, it's more freeform, I think. As, as I've watched these episodes, I've gotten more over the, okay, it's Picard, he's back, to... See, for me, it wasn't Picard, he's back. Until uh, early on in the show, watching that very first episode, I thought, all right. Oh, hold it's, on. Hold on real quick. We're going to be talking spoilers, so sure. if, you, if you care... I mean, I wasn't going to talk about oh, spoilers. Oh, no, we're going to talk. But if That's you want to talk do. about some spoilers, okay. Yeah, it's been three weeks now. Uh, if you care about spoilers, uh, we'll see you next time. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you don't care, stick around. We're going to talk about... Right, if you're still here... We're going to so talk Picard. I was watching the first episode, and and you know I'm like, okay, it's I see John Luke Picard, right? It's Patrick Stewart, and he's yeah. kind of doing his thing. Okay, cool. Uh, but I didn't really feel it until he goes on that television show... And has his little speech about the Federation. And then I went, okay, there he is. There's John Luke. That's the man I remember. Not this old husk of retired man who has given up on the idea of being a part of the Federation. Right. But later on in that very same episode, he, he sees a doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, the reason you were, the reason you had that outburst is your condition. Sure. And uh, it's not so his condition though. You're just that's saying, just who John Luke is. Right, but you're saying that that's exactly what I was like, wait, you're saying the only reason Picard sounded like Picard for a brief instant is because he has this medical condition? I don't buy it. No. And then it kind of sunk back, and I'm watching, I'm like, uh, he's definitely an older man. And, yeah. and, and Patrick I, Stewart has aged 20 well, years since the then. Ca- the character. <laughs> the character is definitely an older man. But... Uh, I... <laughs> Dead air. Just shut up. Uh, I'm trying to word this the Articulate right way. Articulate your thoughts. I'm trying to word this the right way so I don't back myself in a corner because I I do enjoy this show, yep. but it's not Star Trek. It's no, not. It doesn't feel like Star it, Trek. It doesn't feel like Star Trek. It doesn't feel like TNG. It doesn't feel. Like, it does not feel. It's got all those same buzzwords: but, Federation, but Picard, even, even Discovery, Borg. Even Discovery feels a little more Star Trekky than. It's because it's Picard. a show that. I mean, you, you made the point earlier when we were having this discussion ahead of recording here that it's not a Federation show. It's not. And so that's why I think it feels different because every other show, even Discovery, is a Federation show. Right. This is a Federation vessel. This is a Federation crew. These are Federation adventures. And we're also dealing with the fact that this entire season is just one long episode. Sure. 
so you're dealing with one long episode. It's, it's, it's telling stories differently than Star Trek normally tells stories. Yeah. And that is a weird thing. The, 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 big, the big thing for me that is uh, the hook so far that's keeping me going is not even John Luke. I love John Luke. He's my favorite captain in all of Star Trek canon. You mean JL? Uh, no, I'm not going to call him that. His <laughs> name is John Luke. Um, but the thing, that, the thing that keeps me going right now, at least, is what the hell the Romulans have interest in the Borg for. A species that typically has been shown to hate any type of artificially intelligent creature. Well, let's look at the Borg. The Borg are both. They are organic and they are inorganic. So what the hell do the Romulans want with the Borg? And you get a little bit more of that in episode four. Uh, Also, are the Borg gone? Are there no more Borg? Well, according to Voy- well, no, because hold on, they 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 did make that. Aren't you afraid they're going to reestablish with the collective in episode two? I think it was right, uh, meaning that the Borg are still out there. So why haven't they won yet? Who the Borg? Yeah, because we stopped them every chance we get, and Janeway threw fucking transphysic torpedoes up their ass. And guess what? None of those people are active duty captains anymore. Uh-huh. So how have the Borg not overwhelmed the Federation at this I mean, point? And and because because it's one thing to say. Federation worlds are protected. Okay. There's also a, there's a lot of space out there. there the, is. Borg, the Borg could clearly form an army that would be too formidable for the Federation just by leaving the Federation alone for a little while. Well, it and we're saying 20 years have passed and they haven't achieved that yet? Here's the thing that's really scary about the Borg. And they did this in Star Trek Destiny, the book, which is not, now no longer canon. Uh, if the Borg decided to invade Federation or any, if they decided to invade any of the Alpha Quadrant, it's over. Yeah. The thing is, they just every time we've seen the Borg as a threat on film, it's been here's one cube. Oh, here's the trans right. hub. Where's their fleet? Where's their armada? Well, I think didn't Janeway it's somewhere out there? Didn't Janeway screw up the trans? Uh, their look. There was a bunch of time timey wimey nonsense going on in <laughs> Voyager with timelines and past versus future. And okay, great. Mirror Universe, I think, popped up during Voyager as well. No, that was Deep Space Nine. Oh, that was Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine, because the lesbian scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but the very reality is the Borg are not just the one cube. They clearly have taken over most of the quadrant of space that they came from, which was Gamma, I think. Well, no, where did Voyager go? Gamma. I thought it was Gamma. Was it not Gamma? Uh, Delta? No, Delta's Deep Space Nine. Oh, no, that's Beta. No, Gamma's Deep Space Nine. Alpha's. No, Delta is Deep Space Hold Nine. On. The um, Delta Quadrant is where the changelings come from. Yeah. That's where the wormhole goes. You could be right. I'm not <laughs> I am right. Wrong. Deep Space Nine was a good show. Uh, Deep Space Nine was my favorite Star Trek show. <laughs> uh, it's Alpha is is obviously Federation Beta space. Beta is the is where the Romulans like the Romulan Klingon Empire is. Voyager. You could be right. It could be Gamma. I thought it was Gamma, but it, it could, doesn't matter. It could be Gamma. It doesn't matter. The point is somewhere out there. Is a fleet. They've yeah. taken over most of the sector of space that they exist in. So they've got a fleet. Right. If it's more than one board cube, even if it's two board cubes, I think we're done. So uh, why did that not happen? What happened to the Borg to hurt their ability to take control of the Alpha Quadrant? Janeway happened to the Borg. Janeway's, Janeway dealt with the Queen and dealt with the collective that she had taken over. But the very reality is... There's more collectives. There's more collectives. Yeah, they're definitely more collective. This is not just a singular idea. And the fact that they did that allows you to have your cake and eat it too, right? Because I don't like the queen. I think that's a stupid idea. But it allows you to say, Janeway dealt with that. 
that that was just one offshoot of this. Right. And and a single person that took control Delta. of one of the collectives. They're in the Delta Quadrant. Well, okay. So, I thought the Delta Quadrant was D-Space 9. No, I think the Gamma Quadrant is D-Space 9. All right. All right. We're back. All right. So I got that cleared away. Um, but my question is, what the hell do the Romulans want with Borg technology? We don't know. Right. Because that's the hook that's keeping me going. The Romul- these aren't the Romulans that that we knew through TNG. They're not. They're not. Their homeworld's been destroyed. I mean, I think the special forces versions of them are absolutely the Romulans who they used to be. But the government isn't. We don't know what the Romulan government. The Romulan is doesn't right have now. a government anymore. We don't know that. We don't. I mean, we kind of do. Romulus was destroyed. Less than ten percent of their population survived. I thought it was only. I thought only ten percent of the population was killed. No, I thought it was ten percent of the population survived. We'll find out. Well, sure. Uh, but the reality is that the, the Romulans are scattered. Yes. The 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 core world of their leadership is gone. Yes. So I think that these. I think that I don't think these things are linked. These special forces guys. And the guys that are organizing what's going on on the cube, I think these are different. I think they're which, being governed by different people. That, which will maybe there's two separate because we yeah. find it, like, like get to the fourth one, like there's a whole plan of the Romulans that Picard goes to, and it's like, oh well, they're not right, it, and they're these Romulans are completely different than these Romulans, yeah. which are completely different than. I think they're being controlled by separate governmental type entities, right? And you don't want to say governmental because a lot of their government is gone, but. Well, what little we saw of the of the Romulan Senate uh, in Nemesis, sure, because we didn't really see a lot of the we saw senators. Mm-hmm. But what really what little we saw of the Senate, it, it seemed like each senator was in control of their own Romulan mini empire, if you will. Yeah, they were like uh, governing bodies, right, serving the same council, right. But hey, my planet, right, my rules, your planet, your one of the problems rules. I have with the Romulans here in in this show too is they look too similar to Vulcans. I, and I, I said that to a Trek fan the other day, and, and she was like, well, they're, but they are. And I was like, yeah, I know. But when you look at what TNG did, they would pronounce the brows a little more on the on the Romulans to give us a distinction. To understand that these are two separate evolutionary paths that this singular, one-time singular species took. Except Do you remember that? They I, would, I, the, I, the brow line yeah. where the eyebrows were would be a little more pronounced, well, just to give you that they, impression. They gave you an answer for that in, okay. in episode three. Okay. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. I watched episode three. Yeah. What was the answer? You're a northerner. <laughs> you're a northern that's uh, not an apparently answer apparently the northern it, it's what the northern size of the Romulans what we are yes. saying is that the Vulcans and the Romulans share a common ancestry yes. and at some point that ancestry diverged yes. so northern southerner it doesn't matter the that, ancestry diverged that and I have not answer. seen one Romulan on this series that has the pronounced brow uh, his guy his friend the one that helped him had the pronounced brow it was it was more like no. Here, he had here. ridges. He had the ridges in his head, which they gave some of the Romulans. The brow line still looked very Vulcan. Mm. Mm. I and just I know. saw a picture. I haven't watched the fourth episode yet, but I saw a picture of Picard talking to a Romulan man, and I was like, "That's a Vulcan." I know. And I was like, "No, he's a Romulan." I was just like, it's "I Vulcan. do know." When we first time we saw Romulans in TOS, the commander from the bridge turned and looked, and everyone was like, oh, "It's Spock." Well, sure. They're very similar to Vulcan. They are Vulcan. They're not Vulcan. They are Romulan. They're Vulcan. In fact, the Vulcan are not Vulcan, right? Because right. if if the, if this if these two species share a common ancestry, they probably weren't called either of those names when they were that. That's true. People. That's true. So the Vulcan aren't Vulcan. But like this idea that the Romulan Empire can infiltrate <laughs> Starfleet to the levels that it has. Well, clearly that that one admiral is working with the Romulans. Both of them are. Or Grand Admiral, or whatever yeah. she was. I don't know. I remember what yeah. she was. She's some kind of important person. And it just, but 
the fact that they could infiltrate that far and that deep into the Federation and we saw the changelings do that. Changelings are different though. Like like the fact that we didn't know the changelings and then once we found out, oh shit. They went and they fixed, they they changed their procedures. I feel like the Federation's been infiltrated by their enemies for a while, and that's an issue. That's a pretty that's a pretty commonplace Star Trek but, thing. So, so here's the thing, though. I, I watched uh, Insurrection the other night after watching the third episode of Picard, and something the bad guy brought up: your Federation's dying. It's been under constant attack. The Borg, the Dominion, you know. Sure, he talks about all the things that have been going on in the TV shows. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Federation with Picard. Because the, the first conversation you and I had is why would the Federation retreat and go back, you know, to not being explorers and not expanding the Federation. And part of me thinks it's because they're scared. Well, sure. But one of the things that is clearly on their minds fear-wise now is AI. Well, after Mars, yeah. Yeah. So that is in and of itself an explanation as to why they retreated. Also, and, and hear me out on this because I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Right? Maybe the Federation is not what it once was because Picard is no longer part of it. Uh, that is, I think that is true. My- and maybe Janeway's no longer part of it. And maybe Cisco's no longer. These people that defined a generation are no longer, are we're no 20, longer part of we're it. We're 20 years past Nemesis. Yeah. We're past Picard's last adventure. We're dated. We're past back. Voyager's last adventure. We're past Deep Space Nine's well, last adventure. Uh, we're past there, all of it. Admiral Janeway was there. The only thing, the, one of my biggest complaints, like right off the bat, is Admiral Picard. When when Captain Kirk tells you never to give up command of a ship, you listen to Captain Kirk. Yeah, but you're not, but you're not taking into account the fact that in in military organizations, especially, sometimes it's not your choice. Sometimes That's they're just true. like, look, this is what you're going to do because you're not. We don't think you're fit to do this anymore, to do this job anymore. Now, why they would ever think Picard is not fit to do his job is beyond me. Maybe it has something to do with his sickness right this this disease that he's yeah. that is killing him was it shit shouldn't or whatever it is yeah i don't remember the word but yeah, yeah they brought it up and like like there's a big <laughs> thing about this about it uh i just i'm curious to see where picard goes i now but now that i know it's not, i'm not gonna get star trek anytime in the future because discovery is not really star trek anymore um, I thought you always said Star Trek was or Discovery was Star Trek. No. And when you get into the second season and Christopher Pike becomes the no. captain, it really becomes Star. That's Trek. when it becomes Star Trek. Like there's <laughs> six episodes of Christopher. Well, so your, Pike. your previous statement is in, is inaccurate. It, it, then well, those six episodes saved Discovery and made it Star Trek. Those six episodes <laughs> with Christopher Pine as captain made it Pike. Star Trek. Pike. What, what, yeah, fuck you, Chris Pine. You're not my captain. Christopher Pike. Look, Kirk captain. was never my captain anyway, regardless of who played him. Kirk was a fine captain. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He, he captained with his penis. No, he captained with the motion. And at that time, that's what was needed. He captained with his penis. No. It was all about what other alien chick he was going to get to bang. Well, that's fine. It was the 60s. It was not fine, though. It was fine. <laughs> not for the Federation. Look, and Reich, it, what? how many treaties were started simply because of, hey, I think he's my baby daddy? Look, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying it makes Picard a superior captain to Kirk. Mm-mm. Picard was professional. Kirk could do things by himself and did things by himself. Picard had to have uh, a meeting over I seem to remember. I seem to remember him being tortured by Cardassians uh, and doing just fine on his own. <laughs> one time. And no. No. no that no. was not one time. Remember when he was trapped on the planet with the alien who only speaks an allegory? Yeah. That's uh, when the walls fell. Yeah. Dermoc- I'm just saying. There was plenty of examples of Picard and, being able yeah, to do, yeah, ju- yeah. do just as, have just as much success on his own as he did with his crew. Of Kirk turning to his crew. 
<laughs> I'm not saying Kirk's a better captain than Picard. We all know Cisco's the best captain of the entire. Cisco's Cisco's a good captain, but he's not technically a captain. Uh, he becomes a captain. He's only a captain when he's on the Defiant. No, no, no. He becomes a captain on Deep Space Nine. Like he gets no, to he's the rank the of commander, captain. which he's, is a higher rank. No, he's like the commander of the space. But in Starfleet, in Starfleet, no, he wasn't because he was commander. commanding the space station is a higher rank than captaining a ship. He got promoted to captain in season three because of the Dominion War and the fact that the Defiant was the only ship in the fleet that could have clo- yeah. had cloaking technology. They added an extra pip to him. Whatever. He, he gave him the promoted. captainship because he kept stealing the Defiant, and they just said, "Why don't you just take the Defiant? Let it be your ship." Well, so I when mean, he was on Deep Space Nine, he was still Commander Cisco. He was still Captain Cisco. They, start, they <laughs> called him Captain after he got promoted. He was uh, a captain. It even says it went from Commander Cisco to Captain Cisco. I just don't understand how commanding the space station is a somehow a lesser rank. Well, that's the problem. That was You're not, not captain of a space station. The, the, that's the, not how it works. The space station was meant to be a grandiose, grandiose place. It was meant to be just a here. Your wife died. Get over it. Yeah, go to this research leaving. station and research this wormhole. That we didn't know about. Good job. We found that out on episode one. Good job. Yeah. Go there. Research, research Actually, the wormhole. move the entire space station. Do something very dangerous. But the reality is, I, I, I just you're not a captain of a space station. You're a commander of a space station. Captain is a rank for the person on the bridge of a ship giving there's orders. A, there's a bridge on the space station. It's called is, Ops. Okay. It's called Ops. It's called Ops. It's called Ops. I mean, Jin Ops. <laughs> yeah. But Picard's good, guys. If you haven't checked it, it out, it's check a very it out. good show, and it's it's something that has even captured the attention of Corey, my wife, um, who is typically not a TNG fan. There's yeah. there's definitely episodes that I think she's probably enjoyed, but she's not a TNG fan. Have you talked to uh, Zach about? Picard? I haven't. I, I haven't, haven't been able to get a hold of him. Yeah, I've, I've tried. Cause I like want I'll to call his... him every few weeks or so just to see what he's up to. I want to know what his opinion on, is on Picard. The question is, is he even watching? He should be. He has my password. Well, I mean, does he still? I will say that, yes. I will say this. Someone besides you is watching uh, Picard. Because when I go on, I'm like, I know that wasn't Jason. My dad is watching Picard. Is he watching it on Thursdays? I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't know when he's been No, because you just it. gave him my password. No, it was like a week ago. Yeah, no, this is like when like I, I hopped on to watch Picard the first time, and I was like, who the fuck already watched the first episode? I know it wasn't Jason. All right. Well, maybe yeah, it was right. Colonius. Maybe, I hope so. Maybe. All right. So. All right. I got nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think it was good. How about you guys go read some books, shuffle some cards, roll some dice, and just go be <laughs> nerdy, okay? <laughs> And keep an eye out uh, for, uh, I know we've talked about this before, and it seems to have not ever gotten to be what we wanted it to be, but we have set a final date uh, for the Kickstarter for Conniving Cooks. Yeah, I don't remember what that date was. It's the 25th. Of, uh, oh yeah, May. 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 It's May. Yeah, because we were going to do May 4th, but I was like, let's not step on Star Wars. No, it's 5th. May 5th. The 25th of March was when we were going to get together. Right. Right. The 25th of March is when we're... Oh no! Yeah, because we're recording our little commercial. We're gonna do. It. We're gonna do a commercial. We're gonna do a commercial for the for the. Uh, we're gonna be cooks for the cop, conniving cooks Kickstarter launch. So yeah, keep an so, eye out for so that. So that'll hit. We should put the commercial up as a teaser to the Kickstarter campaign. I mean, I, I would assume the moment we have a digital file of the commercial, we were gonna put it up anyway. Uh, definitely, just because it's funny. It and it's is something that we are excited funny. about doing. I'm I'm excited. I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> All right, we gotta go. I got steak to make. Jason's got things to nothing. do. Nothing. It's Sunday. I don't got nothing to do. I uh, but so yeah, keep your keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, and I think this is at least if 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 I'm understanding right, this is gonna be the start of. You know, paying more attention and 
trying to to produce content not like a, more you know, regularly. Quit using it like a neglected puppy. It is a neglected puppy. Right. We need to give it treats we and bones. We have all neglected it. So Even myself, who was for a while the only one that wasn't neglected. It's it. fine. We're going to get together. We're going to record some episodes. It might not always be me and Jason. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be. I'm just saying. But yeah, because Sunday is a day we both share off in common. Aw. I mean, it is. You like looking at my soul when you say that. <laughs> all right, we got to go. All right, guys. Stay geeky out there.